world. To past first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond, you're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and now also on YouTube. If you are listening to my voice and you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, do me a favor. Go ahead and do that right now. Don't wait. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Just go to YouTube, search Lockdown Blazers, and subscribe to the show. I would truly appreciate it. Today's episode is a very special one. We are joined once again for his weekly spot on this here podcast. None other than Jason Quick, or as he is cheered when he enters when he enters my Zoom chat. Quickie, quickie, quickie. <laughs> Jason, how you doing, man? Uh, I was better about 10 seconds ago before I heard that. <laughs> that, 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 really brought you, that brought that you down. Weak. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't want to. I a didn't great wanna... start to my morning, Mike. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording this at 9 a.m. and I've already cheered Jason's name kind of half acidly. So, yeah, we're start we're starting <laughs> off on a good foot. Um <laughs> I want to talk about uh, the investigation, Neil Olshay stuff. We'll do that a little later in the show. But first, I'm thinking the Blazers just had their best win of the year. They beat the Bulls last night, 112-107. Uh, am, I, am I overreacting? to? The, am, I, am I a prisoner of the moment, or was that the Blazers' best win of the year, Jason? Oh, no question. No question. What a night. Uh, I thought the arena was alive, and it's because the Blazers gave them a reason to, uh, yeah. to awaken. Uh, I think previously the best win of the year was the Phoenix home win where right. the defense was just really locked in. But this was uh, a really superior Chicago team, I thought, in the first half. Chicago looked excellent. And although um, some of the Blazers' success, I think, in the second half was just Chicago missing some open shots, the Blazers did play a part in that. I thought they were very handsy. I thought they gotten passing lanes really well. Uh, Larry Nance, uh, primarily uh, the culprit there of, of getting into the passing lanes. So I, I thought it was just a really solid kind of gutty win. Um, you know, this hasn't been an easy season for the Blazers. Nope. Things haven't gone smoothly. And when you fall behind by 20 to a team that is clearly better than you, uh, I think it would be easy to become dispirited and give up, but this team didn't. And they, they kept fighting and they kept plugging away. And uh, that was really, really encouraging. I thought, I thought there's a lot of things percolating that are encouraging for this team. And I think Larry Nance Jr. is at the top of that list. Absolutely. Let's uh, more on him in, in, in just a moment. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, down 20 in the first half. And, like, it wasn't like the comeback happened right away. It didn't happen to, like, the eight-minute mark of the third. You know, like, they started out in the third quarter, and they were kind of just hanging around. But they were down 17 um, until uh, Dame hit a three with, like, 8.15 left. He said he said in the postgame that when he hit that three that the fans were cheering like they'd cut it to six. And he kind of looked around like, wait, what the hell? Like, what's, like why, why are you people cheering us like this? Like, we're not playing well. Um, and I think it's a little bit clear cliche but both him and Chauncey like credited the fans and I thought uh, for like helping the comeback um there's certainly something to that but uh I agree with you I even said like this might be the best crowd of the year um and and I think the Blazers were down 15 when I said that to you so um it, it only got better from there uh what what do they do with Larry Nance like what he's too good not to play what where where are we with with Larry Larry at this point 
Well, it's interesting because last week in Houston, um, before the game, I asked Chauncey about Larry. And I, I was like, it doesn't seem like you figured out how to use him yet. Right. And he agreed and said, you know, I don't know if he's a four who plays a little bit of five or if he's a five who plays a little bit of four. And he was still trying to kind of discover what is best for this team and what unit he plays with and what role he plays, you know, and that was coming off earlier in the week. He played only nine minutes at the Clippers and, you know, keep in mind, this was aside from Norman Powell, this was the headlining move of the summer for the Blazers was trading for Larry Nance. Yeah. And here he was playing only nine minutes and, it's not like everyone was clamoring, where's Larry? Because he hadn't been very good to that point. So uh, shortly after that, you know, around Houston, um, Denver, around there, Larry started uh, playing better. And Chauncey started giving him more time. And where he is really flourishing is when the Blazers play small and he plays center. And it just so happened that you know, the last two Blazers opponents were teams that predominantly play small. And, yeah. you know, with Toronto, doesn't even really have a center. And then Chicago, uh, who likes to sometimes play four guards. Are you so disrespecting Tony? Do you come on this podcast to disrespect Tony Bradley? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, he's not very good. Larry, can. that's not an intimidating matchup. I agree. So it was, it was good timing for Larry to kind of blossom. Um, because of the teams uh, that they were playing. And, you know, he played all the fourth quarter against the Raptors and was the kind of the key element in the turnaround last night against Chicago. Uh, the comeback kind of directly coincided with his entering the game with 840 left. He immediately got the offensive rebound and fed Dame for that three-pointer. Then he got a steal. Then he got a dunk. And then he was doing a little bit of everything. So I think this is a really – really encouraging development for the Blazers. Uh, most good teams have an identifiable unit, small ball unit. Uh, you have to, I think, in today's NBA. Yep. And right now, this is one of the Blazers' best weapons, I think, is their small ball lineup with Nance and the Sear Little, uh, you know, being in the front court. They're really active. They're really athletic. And uh, they get after it. So I, I think this is a really, really positive development. But I think people need to really slow their roll on thinking, start Nance instead of Nurkic. Yeah. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. This has got to be a, a special small ball type option. And I think Chauncey's using it right right now. And I think he's, you know, last night Chauncey said, I've decided that he is best suited as our small ball five. There's not going to be, he's a four who plays a little bit of five. He is in Chauncey Billups eyes now a five who will play a little bit of four as well. Yeah. I think that's an important distinction because you're choosing Nance or Nurk because Nance isn't maximized when playing next to Nurk or next to Cody Zeller. You're not getting the best out of what he does. Right. And he talks a little about that last night. Um, he also spoke with you, um, intrepid reporter for the athletic kind of about he was was he was getting a little I don't know uh nervous but like he was feeling the the pinch of like not kind of fitting in is that is that fair to say like in that oh Larry yeah yeah, yeah he was anxious I mean think about it he, he knows he he knew he was a big 
acquisition for this team. Right. It was trumpeted quite widely. And here he is a month into the season and he's not playing very well and he's not playing a lot. Right. You know, nine of his first 11 games, he didn't play more than 20 minutes. That's a little concerning. Yeah. And so he was going to the coaches kind of anxiously. What do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? How do I get on the, onto the floor more? <laughs> and, and they kind of reassure him that, like, Hey, just be you, you know, you're a good player. Play, play your game, be yourself. And, but I, I really think though, it took Chauncey to show that trust in him. And to say, okay, I'm I'm just gonna play the guy, because yeah. I think Chauncey was a little, I, I don't I don't know, he was wasn't real confident in how he was using Larry. I think, you know, he was playing him a little bit here, playing him a little bit there, and I think finally once he committed to just I'm I'm gonna play him more than 20 minutes a night, that's when uh, Larry started to to kind of flourish. And I thought it was cool that Larry said. You know, the best thing about this was we didn't have to have a sit down and a powwow right, about right. what my role is and all that. So it's like, no, Chauncey, he, he got it. He, he knows I'm a good player and I didn't have to panic too much because I'm, I'm confident in my game. But uh, there was a moment, though, where, you know, he realized that, dang, this is getting away a little bit. What, what do I have to do? Um, and, and they figured it out. Yeah, I mean, some of it is that I think Cody Cody Zeller has been was pretty good early in the year, and it's like you want to give yeah. him minutes because he's solid, uh, and he's just mm -hmm. like you, he's dependable. Um, you know, you could probably pencil in Yusuf Nurkic for half the game, so like then you're yep. it's it's you're figuring out like where the other minutes come from. So I think yep. uh, figuring out the puzzle. I, I kind of think Zeller's about to get pinched. Like I think he's the dude who's going to get out, who's going to get knocked out of the lineup, which isn't because he's not good; it's just because of the numbers crunch. Um, is that your guess too? How this yeah. works? No, I, I think it'll be on a game by game basis. Sure. Like Chauncey said last night. And I think it's important to note that Chauncey really kind of singled out Cody last night and said, look, this is one of my favorite guys to coach. Yep. Uh, and he's being a pro. He understands that when we play teams like Toronto and Chicago with small lineups, uh, that he might get pinched out. But, you know, say Saturday, even though Embiid's not going to play, you know, when you, when you run against this, um, uh, schedule that the Blazers have like Philadelphia, Denver with Jokic, yep. uh, Rudy Gobert's coming up next week, uh, Richard Holmes in Sacramento. They're going to need Cody Zeller. Yeah. You know, uh, so he will be, but you're probably right. I mean, if anyone's going to get pinched in the rotation, it's, it's going to be Snell and uh, Cody. Yeah. And, and you know, Chauncey doesn't like that he's playing 10 guys right now, but he feels like he has to give everybody a chance to, to show what they can do. But it, the trend looks like Snell's probably going to get pinched a little bit. Yeah. And so will Zeller. Yeah. That'd be my, that'd be my guess as well. I think Cody is like, like you said, like Andre Drummond comes to town, you might need size. Um, but I, I, yeah. I kind of think they've, you know, a lot of teams go small to end games. It's not uncommon unless you yeah. have an Embiid or a Jokic or whatever. Like a lot of teams go to, yeah. if not like small, small, like Larry Nance small, just like a big dude who's who who has some perimeter skills. Um, so it wouldn't be uncommon that he would have a, a, a good matchup. Uh, I want to talk a little about Nazir Little, um, his growth, what what you've liked about him. And, and uh, we'll do that in the second segment. But first, I want to tell my listeners about prize picks. It is the 
best NBA DFS prop game on the market. It's offering more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players who are only recording a handful of minutes each night. Look, I've played Price Picks a little bit. I'm getting I'm getting involved. I've actually downloaded their app and used the promo code MBA to get a hundred percent instant match when I signed up. You can do the same. You can go to their their app or their website, PricePicks.com, and it's really simple. You just open it up. They got uh they've the odds or the over-unders are already created. You pick each one and it's just you versus the predictions. So you want to pick Cody Zeller's rebounds. It's right on there. It'll, it, they'll set the line. You pick over-under. You get to pick up to five players for each entry and you can bet either to get them all right or to get some of them right and it changes your payout odds. You get your money quickly. There's safe withdrawals and it's it's a lot of fun. It's a fun way to uh, it's a fun way to, to sort of uh, get engaged in the game and, and, and where you don't have to compete against professionals. You don't have to compete against a good field. You just see the line, you make the prediction, and you win the money. So don't hesitate. Go to prizepicks.com, use the promo code NBA, or go to your app store and download the app today. That's prizepicks. It's daily fantasy made easy. All right. We're still chatting here with Jason Quick of The Athletic, or as he's known in my basement, Quickie. Quickie. That's right. We're gonna I, we're gonna introduce every segment. To it. We're gonna introduce Jeez. every segment with it. Um because it, it went over so well in the first segment. It was I was almost booed right off the microphone. So whatever. We're we're coming back to it. Um we talked about Larry Nance Jr., uh who's um who got his name chanted in the Moda Center, hence the quickie quickie cheers. He's not the only guy closing games that has played well. The last two nights, the Blazers have closed the game with Damian Lord, CJ McCollum, Norman Powell, Nazir Little, and Larry Nance Jr. I think the first three guys are pretty much set in stone. Damian and CJ aren't going anywhere in the closing lineup. Norman Powell, is, it's going to have to be a really specific night where he's not on the court and Anthony Simons is or, or something else like that. But Nazir Little is carving out a late game rotation, late game spot in the rotation. Uh, wh- sort of why do you think that's happened and what do you like that you've seen from uh, from Nazir this season or in the last couple of week- games? Well, I love his effort. Yep. I mean, it, it just it just pops out at you. Uh, he plays harder than anyone else. And that was kind of his directive from, from Chauncey Billups. Uh, Go out there and be the hardest guy on the court, and it'll help cover up a lot of your mistakes. You know, you look at him last night in Sierra, and one for seven, six points, seven rebounds, and you'd say, oh, he had an off night, but he made an impact on the game. Yeah, I thought he had a really nice defensive stand against DeMar DeRozan uh, near the end, but then he also had a pretty big blunder uh, <laughs> yeah. that allowed – uh, Zach Levine, a, a wide open three as a chance to win the game. And, you know, Chauncey Billups said we had the play scouted. We knew exactly what uh, we wanted to do. And Nasir ran straight into a screen. He said he, he somehow <laughs> found, somehow found a way to got, get screened. I love that. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so, you know, that's the type of thing that uh, a young player will do and that you just need to, he needs to have those reps and be in that situation to uh, grow from it. But uh, I think Nasir is its going to be a huge – he already is a huge, huge player for this team. Um, and, you know, I think it's become sexy to kind of say that Nasir is the X factor for this team's success. And I, I think it's spot on. You know, this team will go as far as Nasir develops yeah. and, and plays this year. And so far, I think you have to be 
you have to be encouraged by what he's showing. It's, it's, uh, you can still see the growing pains, particularly on the defensive end. He gets uh, lost a couple times, loses his focus on the, on the corner threes. Um, but boy, I love how hard he's playing and I love how he rebounds. And uh, I just think he changes the game every time he comes in. And I think you're seeing the confidence that Billups has in him. You know, he's, Last night, twenty-four minutes. Yep, uh, we're seeing that his minutes per game start to trend upward, and uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he gets up around twenty-five, twenty-six by by the time the season's done. Yeah, I think Billups and right and it and it wouldn't and it wouldn't surprise me if he if he becomes a starter. Same, you know, I I, I think that's that's down the road here. Uh, that's going to happen pretty soon. Same. I, I was just going to say, like, it seems like Billups is more comfortable when you have like a big wing, like a DeMar DeRozan type of saying, Nas, go get him than he is with Rocco. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Covington, like Covington isn't, isn't like a matchup guy. You know, he, like he's a help defender, yeah. like a really good scheme defender. Yeah. If you put him on one of those big wings, like Paul George had 42, like you, you, it, it's, it, um, he, it's just not his skill set. It's not what he's, it's not what makes him a yeah. special defender. And I think, well, I think the interesting thing is going to be in that decision is, you know, Chauncey loves the second unit. Mm-hmm. The second unit has changed the complexion of games. And do you tinker with that? Because this is kind of their energy group, you know, with Anthony and Nasir kind of come in, they play with a different pace. They, they're way more athletic and he might like want to keep that, you know, as part of their identity. He also but might want to stop calling again, timeouts five minutes into games because his, his team is down nine. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles that. I, I think it's something that he's really uh, wrestling with right now. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think Rocco has been pretty good the past two games. Uh, like he, he was, has, he was struggling, better. but I, I think he's been he, better. Yeah, I think he was good against the Raptors, and um, I think he was so, like Rocco had made two threes and had three steals and two blocks against uh, the Bulls. Like yeah. that, that's a that's a good Rocco night. Like that, yeah. Even with his limitations as as like what he's asked to do defensively and what this team might need defensively, like that, that's a good Rocco night. I, that, yeah. I the Blazers have. They have like um, some depth challenges just because there's more guys who need to play. Um, yeah. We didn't talk about the this thing- in the first segment, but like I thought, Nurk kicked ass in the fourth quarter. Um, like no question, like he was awesome. Um, and then he didn't play the last ninety seconds because they needed a different defensive look. Um, and I don't think yeah. he loved that too much. But um, who would? Uh, but yeah, like I think. I think the puzzle, as as you have as you've pointed out, that that the puzzle analogy that Chauncey likes to go to, like I think it's it's getting clearer, but also is like a little more a little trickier because there's you know seven eight guys that really could all be on the court at the end of the game. Yeah, I I think he's um, you know the the big question is who he's going to play at power forward and center to close games, right? Like you said, that the top three are pretty set in stone. You know, one thing I wanted to note about Covington, um, I just don't feel like he's moving well. And, you know, last night I noticed that when he came out of the game, they immediately put ice on his right knee. Mm. And I don't think that's a great sign nope. when you're getting iced during the game. So I think that's, you know, he's had knee surgeries and stuff. And I, I think uh, that's gonna that's a concern because I – to me, part of his problem defensively, a lot of it's losing his focus and 
not being sharp, but some of it too is he's just not moving as well as he usually does. And I think that knee is, has become troublesome, you know, to the point where they're icing him when he comes out of the game. Yeah. Ice, ice worse than heat. Like heat is a, you know, keep your body warm is one thing on the bench. Like Nurk always, always has like a heating pad on his back or whatever, but ice is like a, you know, a swelling prevention type thing. That's, um, yeah, that's a, that's notable. It, it's not like after the game, guys are just covered in ice because the, the uh, sport is very yeah. hard, but mid game, it's notable. Um, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, anyone else that we, we haven't mentioned? Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think that's about it. The, the, we, you know, the decision is who, who ends the game at four and five. That's, that's, uh, th- those are the big ones right now. Um, it would also be nice for CJ McCollum to get going. Um, he had a really good game against the Raptors, but he has been kind of in a funk. Um, and and I think Damian Lillard's shooting struggles have uh, overshadowed CJ's struggles a little bit offensively. If um, you know he he could play better, I also think Damian CJ are playing too many minutes. But that is something that I will uh, yeah. I will personally take up with Chauncey Billups and ride for player health or whatever it is reporters are supposed to do. Um, Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with uh, the Blazers front office and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but first, let me tell my dear listeners about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market. Uh, you can try to find other better protein bars, but you won't. Um, I've been telling you about Built Bars forever. They've been a sponsor of this podcast for a long time. I've also been someone who enjoys a Built Bar for a long time. Uh, my personal favorites are peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream, uh, but I also mess with the coconut. I like the orange flavor as well. And so whatever you're into, you will find uh, that something that matches your palate if you go to Built.com. But not only are they delicious and covered in 100% chocolate, they're also packing a punch. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and, and no more than 5 grams and net carbs. So all tasty, all healthy, go get yourself some, go to built.com, use a promo code locked 15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That is promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked On Blazers. We're still chatting here with Jason Quick of The Athletic. No cheers this time because it didn't go over well twice, but Jason, um, Behind the scenes, the Blazers are still investigating into the hostile work environment created or potentially created under Neil Olshay's watch. Do we? Can you provide us with an update of sort of where what is going on with that, as much as you're able to share publicly? Well, I think uh, today, uh, Thursday, Neil is going to be interviewed by the investigators, and I think his staff is kind of inner circled all of his assistant general managers will be uh, talked to. You know what, in the last week in the people I've been talking to and the reporting I've done, I'm starting to trend more that Neil is going to survive this. Um, They talked to 60 people within the first two days of the investigation and then they expanded it. Why would they expand it? Yeah. If they, if, if there was really damning information that that came out after interviewing 60 people, wouldn't they just can him right there? Yes. Or, or have enough evidence to say, Hey, here's what we know. Right. Right. By expanding it, that tells me they didn't find anything. Uh, And really all they have right now is a bunch of people saying the guy's an asshole. Okay. So you're going to fire him for being a meanie. Yeah. I mean, I could have told you I that. They could have just you know, called me. They could have called me. I, <laughs> yes. I would have told them. So 
um, there's there's some stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, I'm not ready to report it yet. I've got to get it a little bit more concrete. Um, but yeah, there's there's a there's a power struggle going on, and uh, I want to try to. I want to try to get it rock solid and I want, I want to see. Um, so I, I, you're just going to have to, we're going to have to hold. Well, guess uh, what? You come back I, on I, the show each week. So uh, we, when you have it, yeah. you'll be back on here. Also like subscribe to the athletic yeah. and read Jason's work. Uh, yeah. So just like logically, like without doing a bunch of background reporting, when last Friday, when Chris McGowan suddenly resigned um, mm-hmm. and Neil didn't, and then Neil was still on the job Monday and he was still on the job Tuesday. And then it's like, you know, now we're recording this on Thursday. It, it just logically, like the longer every minute this goes on, it, it just like, if it was going to happen, if they were going to fire him with cause, you'd think that it would have already happened. So to hear you say like 60 people and now they're, you know, continuing to expand the investigation, like that, that fits the logic that we're still here and that, it's not, yeah. it's, it felt like it was a matter of time. And now it feels like, um, the longer this goes on, that it's just kind of like, a, a you know, like a weird, messy detail. Um, I don't know if you can answer this, but like, can Neil still do his job while this is happening? Like, can he, can he scout and make calls and try to upgrade the roster? Like, is this, do you yeah, think- why not? Yeah. No, I'm just saying, why do you not? think this is interrupting that? Like from an outside perspective? No, I don't. Okay. I don't, I don't, you know, one NBA general managers are a pretty tight fraternity yep. and they've got business to do. And like, Hey, Neil's on line one. He wants to talk this, you know, they're not going to say, well, I don't know. He's under investigation. <laughs> I don't want to talk to him. You know, yeah, of I mean, they're going to talk to him. <laughs> NBA general managers probably know that Neil Shays a little bit has a fiery temper as well. I'm sure they've, uh, I'm sure they're, yeah. they're not confused about like what kind of guy he is or like what kind of personality he is. I think I should say, uh, you know what? I, I bet you a lot of NBA general managers have a, have a temper this is a high high pressure job yep and you know that doesn't excuse uh treating people poorly but uh you know i think they all have similar character traits (laughs) to a degree Uh, hey rich cho wasn't like this no no that's true that's true (laughs) I, i even think chad buchanan wasn't necessarily like this um you just you just picked two of the nicest people in the entire world. Well, there happen to be former Blazers executives, <laughs> yeah. very nice people. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, they are. I mean, Buck is about as nice. As, he was treated me like I was important when I was legitimately a dude holding a camera for the website side of the Oregonian. And he he broke down draft prospects right with me um, in one-on-one interviews. Like, what? Um, that's, <laughs> that is pretty rare. Chad. Yeah. Yeah. Chad Buchanan is one of my favorite people, uh, period. He is just a wonderful man. Do you get, um, so like, you know, Neil's still operating behind the scenes. Um, yeah. Is, is, is like, it, it seems like a trade is inevitable. Do you still feel like that's like a, to balance this roster? Do you feel like that's something that is on the table still or where, where, like, what did your, what are you leaning now? I think Neil is, has typically um, been one to err on the side of uh, letting things 
play out a little bit. Sure. I, I don't think he's a very knee-jerk reaction type guy and to make a trade 16 games into the season. Right. I think he's more apt to, you know, at least let this team play 25 games, 30 games, 40 games. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's obvious that a trade needs to happen. One, just to get them under the tax and two, to make them better. You know, I, I think they need, uh, some forward help and, uh, so yeah, I, I, but I think he wants he Neil, as everyone knows, Neil believes in this roster. Yes, he believes in this starting five. He believes in Nasir and Anthony, and so I think he's going to give it every opportunity for this team to find itself. You know, we're starting to see Larry finally come through. Right. You know, last week at this time, we'd be going, yeah, Larry Nance has been a disappointment. Jeez, uh, you know, and but you have patience and you let guys find their way. You let the coaching staff understand these guys better and find their way and how to use them. So Neil has never been a knee jerk reaction guy. I think we're going to, you know, I think January is probably the earliest we would see. Uh, him pull the trigger on something. Yeah, that timeline makes sense. Do, do you think the tax is a motivating factor? Do you think they work hard to shed that yes. money? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 That sounds like bad. That sounds like bad news if you want this team to be as good as possible. Um, but you know, whatever. Uh, that's someone else's cash, not mine. Um, a- anything else we should know before before I let you get out of here, Jason? Um. Well. Yeah, I just can't. Re- I can't. <laughs> I, I, I think um, I, I think there might be some injury news uh, coming up for the Blazers, um, some exploratory stuff. So uh, hopefully, I'll I'll be able to report that soon. But um, haven't been able to confirm that quite. Look at you. This is like a this is a prime time and souk vague tease out here. This is you're you're really on it. Yeah. Um, this- all right Uh, i'll let you get out of here dear listeners um remember if you're listening to this in your living room or in your car put your hands in the air and cheer quick geek quick gee in that way if you do it three times jason quick will appear um and he'll you know write a nice profile about your relationship with your mother um he's (laughs) he's one of the best uh he's been doing it for better he's longer and better than anyone else and if you want to read his work like all of all the stuff he's just teased here subscribe to the athletic um it's worth it just for Jason's work alone and you get the bonus of reading the best sports writers the best collection of sports writers in America covering every sport like that's that there's your elevator pitch just just go subscribe to the athletic if you haven't already do me a favor tell your friends about this podcast tell them to subscribe on the youtube channel if, if you were listening to my voice if you made it this deep into the episode you're like a half hour in uh you have to subscribe you owe it to me you like 30 minutes if you listen to 30 minutes of me and quick you have to subscribe to the youtube channel it's just it's legally binding at this point so go to youtube search locked on blazers and subscribe to the channel it's also available wherever you get podcasts just search locked on blazers and you'll find us waiting there for you it's free five days a week the only trailblazer podcast the only daily trailblazers podcast is not the only blazers podcast the only daily podcast covering the trailblazers so make it part of your daily routine make it your first listen every day start your day with the trailblazers so you can know what's going on about with your favorite team all right appreciate and 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 next next week is an awesome week in blazer basketball i mean you got the nuggets kings warriors 
jazz. You want to find out where the Blazers sit in the hierarchy of the West? We're going to find it out. It is next coming. Week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and see if this team can win some games on the road and be a competitive bat, like a, yeah. a serious competitive basketball team. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yep. Quick. Thank, thank you for that outro. Thank you for thank you for pumping yeah. up the listeners. That's why we get you on the show. Jason will be back. He joins the show every week. Um, it's We have a lot of fun, and uh, I hope you do too. So I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.